Welcome back to Jesse's Girls. I'm your host, Jesse Chambliss. As you know, we are in the thick of it with Miss Lindsay Lohan slash Lowen. And I thought it would be really fun to bring in a dear friend of mine to talk about something that is tangentially related to Lindsay, and that is Dina's participation on Celebrity Big Brother 2. So Without further ado, I'm going to introduce my good, dear friend, Cameron Kuhn. Hi, Cameron. Greetings, Chams. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) I am great. And I was thinking about this, and I think that you're probably like the oldest friend that I've ever had on this podcast. Really? Yeah. Oldest is in like our friendship old, or are you like old as in dinosaur <laughs> old, senior citizen old? Hey, why not both? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I do fall under all those categories. Yes. No, you're not you're not the oldest person I've had on here, but you're definitely my <laughs> oldest friend. And you and I had had a conversation about recording this particular thing because I knew I wanted to do Lindsay a long time ago. Um, and I was thinking about, you know, what made sense for us to talk about and of course you are a big brother (laughs) stan i yeah i i've seen yes i do like all of big brother i have seen so there's three iterations of big brother um there's three like different versions of them there are the celebrity big brother which are we going to talk about tonight there is Big Brother the regular or Big Brother proper, which is the one that's on in the summer. It's on right now, and it's the main one. And then there was when CBS All Access came out, they did a streaming version called Big Big Brother OTT, which stood for Over the Top. I did not partake in that season because <laughs> it was on Survivor season, and I no. So yes, I do like Big Brother. Um, it came out in the summer of 2000 when all of the CBS Titan reality shows came out. Survivor, yeah. Amazing Race, and Big Brother all came out that summer, and I've been watching it ever since. It's 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 like a toxic, really awful trash TV summer loving thing that I have. No, it's but it's such a phenomenon. Like clearly, it's popular for a reason. People love it. Yeah. Um, my family just did not watch any of those, and so it's I I wasn't like averse to watching them or anything, but they never did, and so. It's one of those things where, you know, if you're not starting it from the beginning, there has to be some sort of like catalyst to bring you in, right? Like a particular yeah. person. Yeah. Well, characters are really big. And for me, so like in terms of reality TV, I'm very cautious to say what kind of reality TV I like because I, I do not like dating shows. That is not my forte. And I I have nothing against like the housewives and the Kardashians and everything, but it's just not something I keep up with. They're hilarious, but I don't keep up with them. The game shows where it's human chess is like porn for me. I love them. I absolutely positively love them. And big brother is the one of the only ones that I follow, but that I would never in a million years, I I would not apply for it. I would not play it. I absolutely, you could not pay me enough money to do big brother. Well, it's ruthless, and that's what I did not realize. <laughs> yeah. This is this is my first time watching Big Brother, so I had never I'd, I'd seen clips of things um, from various seasons, you know, like viral moments or iconic yep. moments. I've seen those, but I never actually sat down and watched and understood the strategy. And I don't even know if this season helped me to <laughs> understand. I had to do a lot of reading. Well, and 
celebrity big brother is is how do i put the, how do i put this it's like the great value version of like the regular <laughs> big brother and what i mean by that is it's a much smaller season so celebrity big brother is 30 days big brother proper is anywhere between 90 and 100 days celebrity oh big brother starts yeah oh it's absurd celebrity big brother is like 9 to 11 people to where big brother proper is 14 to 16 people um so it is very their structure is similar but in terms of if you're being introduced to big brother celebrity big brother it's not a good representation, but it. I would always recommend starting with a celebrity Big Brother because you're getting the appetizer of what it is. Because Big mm-hmm. Brother is a commitment. It is on three nights a week, whenever it is yeah. on. It's all summer. The celebrity version is four nights a week for a month. So you're just connected to your TV every single night. Yeah, because it's live. Like These people are living in the house while you're watching it. That's the really absurd part about Big Brother. It is one of the only shows, reality shows out there that is being aired while it is live that's not like American Idol or a competition show. Yeah. And that is what gets so many people in trouble on Big Brother. <laughs> it is an extremely problematic show. Extremely problematic. But it's good. And somehow, someway, they've had like almost 30 seasons so here we are wild yeah Yeah. so before we get into all of the nitty-gritty of the season Cameron (laughs) since we are old friends I would love to hear your version of events for how we know each other (laughs) uh okay wow so let's see if it's 2022 um we met in I think I met you in 2009 because it was yep. your freshman year yes okay so of we college, were not to be of clear, college. <laughs> yes well your freshman year I was on like sophomore, sophomore year part three but <laughs> here we were um yes we were at different colleges when I met you you were in the honors dorm of UCA where a bunch of my best friends from college were and And they had met you and I had heard about you. And I remember I saw you in passing a few times. And Mm -hmm. um, much like all gays start out, you know, we're like curious cats. That's how I always like to compare us. And as respectfully, you were not out at the time. And I, you know, my senses were heightened. And as, and you know, how could they not be? (laughs) (laughs) It was just one of those things where, I, well, although at the time was very much, well, I say at the time, I am someone who, whenever I hear that there is, you know, a curious man in the room, my senses are bing. Um, and so, yeah, you binged me. Um, <laughs> so from there, um, a year later, I moved to UCA. And that's when it really got interesting. Because while we had a lot of mutual friends, I wouldn't consider that we were friends. We were in the same yeah. department. Um, in turn, well, not this. Yeah, we were in the same department, but not the same major, but we had overlapping classes. We mm. also did an entire semester of step show together, which is still baffles me. Um, and then, yeah, there was just a lot of complexities in college. But what was really great was after we graduated, and I'm pretty sure we graduated on the same day in the same graduation. Uh, I'm pretty sure 2013, right? Yeah, May 2013. Yes, mm-hmm. with uh, yeah. Great, great times. I've really loved that whole group. But yeah. um, after that, 
thanks to our dear friend, Yovana, we actually connected because I was living with her and we just started chatting. And I'm so grateful for that because you are genuinely one of my dearest friends now. So I always say stay persistent whenever you sniff something out. You know, if you feel like there's something there, follow it with a ravaged desire. And that's what I did with you. And now we're, you know, great friends. Who would have thought in 2009 that fast forward in 2022, we'd be talking on your podcast about Lindsay Lohan and Dina Lohan. I mean, not the not the craziest thing. But not the but craziest thing we've talked about either, for sure. But yeah, I um, and I've told you this before. So anybody listening, this is not new information for Cameron, so don't worry. But I was terrified of you, um, because you are a big personality, and also like being so closeted and like wrapped up in my little like southern baptist i was never a conservative person like ideologically ever that just wasn't never like lined up with me um but the whole like don't be gay because you'll go to hell thing like really had like a cute little stronghold on my myself and so uh that was definitely like a, a point of like fear for me so anytime there were like out gay people around me i was so scared because i was like oh they're gonna they're going to get me in, in their like agenda or whatever. Meanwhile, yeah. I'm, I'm like streaming the circus album by Britney. <laughs> so well, like, and who was I kidding? Well, yeah. And I also think that like now, now in these times, like I think back to how I acted back then around people like yourself at the time, I don't think that I appreciated people's coming out, like their coming out experience, the way that it needed to happen for them. I, I was thrust out of the closet at 15. I was yeah. out at 15. So yeah. I had no choice but to just be like, here I am. And I, in my early ages and through my mid twenties, kind of lived under that mentality that like every gay person should just be ballsy and be like that. But you get older and you understand that's not everybody's experience. And so I by no means think that anybody should necessarily try to quote unquote sniff out a closet person and put a light on them like I am joking about doing now. But yes, at the time I I sniffed you out. <laughs> and I well, and I'm I love hearing that I intimidate people. So, you know, I appreciate it greatly. <laughs> I'm just feeding the ego. Absolutely. <laughs> But no, you you really won me over. I think like being in um, the same department on campus helped me to just see you and like humanize you too, because I feel like I, even though I was a queer person, like queer people to me were a caricature because that's what I had been given, right? And so to see like that you were a comp complex being and you were a person who had dreams and aspirations and fears and you know, everything else that like any human has was um, really great. So you were part of that for me and you well, helped me be you. more comfortable. And so, yeah, I totally agree. Um, you're a dear person to me. And I know that uh, if I ever need to send you something salacious that you like won't judge me <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and also just like appreciate our, our phone chats and, you know, one day I'll get you to move to the same city as me, but that's okay. I, I'm, I'm pumping the brakes. I know. I no, know the world is big. The world Keep is wild. I get it. I get it. <laughs> it is wild. The world is wild. It's very wild. It was like yes, Cameron. Cameron. Um, I I tried to convince him to move to Dallas because he gave me an inch and I went a mile. And yeah. basically, like, um, 
that's it was truly a couple of months after that when everything got insane with the housing market and everything got so expensive and it wasn't like that in dallas before like dallas was an affordable city for cities its size and then all of a sudden now it's not and like i'm like i can't even live here anymore so anyway cute fun (laughs) love that (laughs) well and at the time whenever i was thinking about it it was uh, you could literally go on youtube and it was video after video why everybody's moving to texas why is everybody moving to texas and i get it like i I have said for probably over a decade that like I Dallas has my heart. I think it is one of the greatest cities. I absolutely love it. The people that I relate to the most from college live there, including yourself. So like I said, keep talking about it because I'll eventually come. I just, you know, I'm, I have fear of commitment. I bought a car a few weeks ago and had almost a panic attack after buying it because I have fear of commitment. So, you know, picking up and moving out of state is terrifying, but I admire people that do it so much. So, and I don't like seeing people do things that I haven't done because I, like <laughs> I can do everything. So it's coming. I'm just a late bloomer. <laughs> Did you post that you bought your car because you wanted a sunroof or something? <laughs> I did. Well, yeah. So uh, here I am saying I have fear of commitment, but I'm also an extremely, extremely um, spontaneous person. All my big things like tattoos, life decisions, picking jobs, I have to do it spontaneously because otherwise I will get in my head and be super anxious and talk myself out of it. Um, But yeah, no, I woke up, I was going to the beach a week in like a week and... (laughs) This is going to make me sound so awful. I was I going it. to the beach in a week and I woke up one day and I had been thinking about this. This just did not come to my head, but I was like, I have to drive 12 hours and I don't have a sunroof in my current car. We need to fix that because I don't want to make this beach drive without a sunroof. I love a sunroof. I love to have the windows down, put the top, you know, open that sunroof and have the sun beaming down and just listening to music. So yes, I went and switched my cars and I got a panoramic sunroof. Go Kia. I, I love my Kia but karma's a bitch because this was a used Kia and it's lovely but whenever I opened the sunroof the first time whenever I'm driving to Florida I guess wherever they had it parked like stuff from the trees had fallen down on top of the car and it had oh, got no. stuck in the little net so whenever I open it and I'm driving my happy gay ass to Florida <laughs> all this shit starts blowing into the car <laughs> I'm freaking the fuck out, screaming while listening to Casey Musgraves Golden Hour, trying to just have the grandest time. Oh, it was perfect road trip aspect. album, by the way. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. I've really I just read um her country. If you're a reader, it is an amazing, absolutely amazing. It tells a story of Casey Musgraves and the the chicks and Miranda Lambert, how they basically gave the middle finger to Nashville and patriarchy. Oh. phenomenal book and it got me back into all their albums and oh i've just been gang out over country music lately female country well, music lately well, of Let course, me yes. that asterisk yeah let's be clear <laughs> yes as two native arkansans country music is like in your blood whether you like it or not and yeah. so yeah when you find the stuff that you really like it's it's good it's good and golden hour is uh, one of the best albums of all time yes i mean, agreed chef's kiss you. yes yeah Okay, so let's talk Big Brother. <laughs> okay, let's do it. I guess that's why we're here or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there, there are things that I think are really fascinating about this season. You know, um, I, for me, it was one, uh, it was a little bit confusing, but then I started to get it, right? And I started to read a little bit more and, and understand um, 
I think I'd like to just start out with Jonathan Bennett. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, because he's related to the whole Lindsay of it all. Um, yeah. I feel like so. So Jonathan was the first person to leave, and um, well, I get he was the first person <laughs> to get voted off. Think, he was yes. no no twist of, let, of not being a real character like they uh, did with another person. Yeah, none of that. Let, let us not forget one, Mister Anthony Scaramucci. <laughs> I'm so stupid. Anyway, we're not even going to get into that. That was a dumb twist. That didn't make any sense. Okay, so he was the first person to get, sorry, evicted. I want to use the correct yes. lingo. Um, and Julie Chen, which I didn't know that she was going to do this, but she was like, here's everything you did wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which yeah. was great. Okay, so as a as a connoisseur, like she talked about um, his his uh alliances and how he kind of like he 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 made some choices and came out a little headstrong and alienated a lot of the women in the alliance because it was like he and ryan were um just kind of doing their own thing and making their own choices and they didn't like consult the whole alliance whenever they were um you know making subtle changes so is that just like recipe for disaster for you? If you like come out really strong and then you kind of do what he did, which was, I guess, take charge. I don't know. Where did he go wrong? So what's interesting about Celebrity Big Brother is that there's a history of the cast with gay men specifically coming in. So there's been three seasons of Celebrity Big Brother thus far. And every season has had a, a few gay characters. Um, Jonathan Bennett being one. Ross Matthews was on the first season. Um, Carson Kressley was just on this most recent one. And infamously, Todrick Hall was also on this most recent one. And they, so what's the celebrity cast, a lot of them are recruited. Um, and we'll talk about that because Dina was a recruit. But the gays, you know, most of the time are not recruits. They are super fans. And so mm. they know the show. They know the layout. And so they go in and a lot of times they super like sabotage themselves right away, which is what Jonathan Bennett did. If he were playing in a normal season, yeah, he would have been fine. What he did was normal. But because he went in with the likes of Rock D and Tamar Braxton and Candy Burgess and like celebrities who just watched last season Celebrity Big Brother while they were in what they basically this was even before COVID but whenever you go on these shows you go into a quarantine because they have to psychologically make sure you can handle being locked in a room for a certain amount of time by yourself without having a breakdown because you're going to go through some psychological like impactful stuff on these shows by being stuck with people having cameras in your face like all kinds of crazy stuff and so they go through these quarantines and what they do whenever they did these quarantines was they would just give the celebrities the last season. And so these like the casual celebrities had basically only had that season to go off of. Jonathan wow. did not. Jonathan was a super fan. And so, yeah, he just went in and went with super strong. What was fun. So what's really fun about Celebrity Big Brother is that it's it's like a. I don't know. It's it's a season. And what I mean by that is it's not just the show. There's the Twitterverse, which is always Big Brother Twitter is an yeah. intense version of Twitter. Yeah. But there's also the preseason, which is always leaked 
people. So there's always a leaked cast that comes out and you always get really good names. Like we've been wanting Nene Leaks and I Love New York for years on Celebrity Big Brother. And they always make that leaked cast, but they never make the real one. Well, the drama with Jonathan Bennett was that the original gay was Lance Bass. And we don't know if that were true or not, but boy, were we excited to get Lance Bass. And not that Jonathan Bennett's not great, but we wanted Lance Bass. And then on Celebrity Big Brother, we got Chris Kirkpatrick. <laughs> No Lance Bass, but we did get Chris Kirkpatrick, and he actually did quite well. But yes, to answer your question, Jonathan Bennett, um, he just in that season, and I correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that season started gender imbalanced. I think it was an odd number, and I think that the guys banding together quickly were stood out to the women, and the women were like, uh-uh, absolutely not. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So knowing and i knew he was a super fan because they talked about it on the show but Mm -hmm. i was not aware of the whole process of how they get people prepared and they have you know these people the casual ones who don't know anything about it and they just make them watch a season oh my gosh that's like throwing you to the wolves that's what they did to dina Mm -hmm. yeah i went i went back and watched the interview Yeah, oh, we'll talk about Dina. But yeah, we have, there's plenty to talk about about Dina. But yeah, no, it's it's really not fair because there are a few celebrities that really do love cele- like the normal Big Brother. And so they really do go in. And like Ross Matthews was incredible on Celebrity Big Brother 1. And he did know the show, as did the individual who ended up winning it. But um yeah, I you, when I, I remember whenever the cast was released, I, I remember this cast vividly because ugh, the lineup, number one, Anthony Scaramucci, I will never forget seeing him and just being like, good God almighty, which they had had Omarosa the season prior. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, and this during the administration, so they had them all. But I remember seeing him, but I also remember seeing Jonathan Bennett and being like, oh, good God. And then seeing Dina Lohan because we were teased Lance Bass and in the place of Dina Lohan, which we can talk about this more with her, we were teased Chris Jenner, which I knew that wasn't real. Chris Jenner was not oh, going on Celebrity yeah. Big Brother. But there's always that like same archetype. And then so you get like, woo, the big starry version. And then you get the cast. <laughs> the B team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, speaking about Jonathan Bennett, I will never forget a line that Tom Green said in Celebrity Big Brother. It's one of my yeah. favorite lines of Big Brother of all time. He goes, did you know Jonathan Bennett was on Mean Girls? I know this because he never stops talking about he, how he was on Mean Girls. I know. When he said that, I fell off my couch. You know, I love Tom Green so much. <laughs> you know, though, like, Jonathan gave me, like, very pick-me vibes, like, for sure. Like yeah. he was really into it. And I, I really just want to chalk that up to the fact that he was so excited. Like he, he wanted was. to be on that show. Um, and if I were on Mean Girls, I would talk about it incessantly. Uh, yeah. I mean, Dina probably talked about it incessantly and she wasn't even on it. Her daughter was. <laughs> well, we, we, we all, yeah, we can definitely talk about that. She is, <laughs> she is something. I, um, I recorded and and I'm going to release an episode about the um, Lindsay show that was on OWN, Oprah's network. Mm-hmm. And it had a lot of Dina moments in it. And wow, everything that quote bad that Lindsay has ever done. I'm just like Dina. And yeah. Michael, like she is a product of her parents in Hollywood, like 1000%. Like, ooh, that woman. But anyway. Yeah. Okay. So just, just to kind of like, 
talk about the overall season a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who, when you originally watched this, like, who did you think was going to win? Do you have, do you make those predictions or do you yes. kind of like not do that? Okay. No. So I'm a big, anytime my shows are on, I'm a big preseason person. I follow all the podcast. I love when a cast comes out, especially a newbie cast. Um, the circle's really good about getting really good newbie cast. Yeah. And you just get to like really soak in these characters. Um, what is weird about Celebrity Big Brother is, you know, for the most part, I don't want to say, you know, all these people because they get like random celebrities, like random athletes sure. and like you know, people who are celebrities, but just not celebrities I'm familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, kind of, and with the interesting part about Celebrity Big Brother is that you never know how many of them are going to be casuals. So you can't predict, oh, this person's going to win because they're going to be good at the game because you may be in there with a bunch of buffoons and they may vote your ass out for some stupid reason. And you may be a great, uh, be a good player like Jonathan Bennett. But I do remember I was always team candy um, whenever Mm -hmm. I saw the cast come out because I love Real Housewives of Atlanta. I think candy is just a TV reality, like gold star, all time great. And I think, think that candy also represents those franchises because they always have real housewives and the season prior they had had brandy from real housewives of um, beverly hills mm-hmm. that was a good time and so you know the the follow-up is candy and i thought she handled herself phenomenally throughout the whole season and her story with tamar i thought was really interesting as well it was one of my favorite parts of the season yeah so yeah, big. I was rooting for Candy, and then as the season progressed, I was really rooting for Tom Green and Tamar Braxton. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I thought just because of like how cutthroat Lola was that she might win because I was a newbie to this and everything, mm-hmm. and so I was like, she's gonna do everything in her power to like claw her way to the top. And I mean, she did. I mean, she she got up there for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, candy. I mean, I'm already a candy fan just because mm-hmm. of her music legacy. Um, you know, I don't really watch housewives either, but I've watched some here and there. Um, and I'm a candy fan. And so like, definitely was like, if she wins, I'll be very happy. Um, but I think Tamar like won me over by the yeah. end, by the end of it. Yes. Um, and spoiler, Tamar is the one yes. person who ends up winning. Um, I love Tamar as a winner. Um, there's a few really important facts about Tamar Braxton. In the let's see, this was in 2019. Mm-hmm. The show started in 2000. Tamar Braxton, of all the seasons, was the first black winner on Big Brother, yeah. which, again, I said Big Brother has a lot of problems. Um, but she was also an extremely complex character. She was very flawed and mm-hmm. very, um, I don't want to use the word emotional, but uh, she showed, she expressive because she, mm-hmm. oh, you always knew what she was thinking because she said it. Yeah. Um, she also gave the best diary room sessions. I have some of them recorded on my phone. Her talking about Lolo being a virgin and how, you know, you got to go to the beach. And if it, How do you know you don't like sand? If you haven't been to the beach, that's a great question, Tamar. That is a great question. Boy, Celebrity Big Brother 2, I know I'm spoiling all of it, but if, you, if anybody listening decides, I want to go check one of these out, watch the second season. The first one is boring. The third one is horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. The second one, the one we are discussing, truly is. It's pure gold. If you just want to see a bunch of celebrities act a fool, it's good TV. 
it's full it was really full of you know a lot of a lot of the um, stuff on reality tv can be really fabricated and they over exaggerate but i didn't feel that way here i felt like there were some real emotions people people were very angry at each other and like i didn't realize how seriously like joey lawrence took himself (laughs) i didn't (laughs) yes talk about just like i don't know he he was like like a a piece of intense cardboard you know what i mean like he he was like he took himself very seriously but he wasn't interesting enough at all to give me a reason for why he would take himself so seriously you know what i mean um and then we have like tom green who he i wish that he wouldn't have been i feel like he was lacking a lot of confidence um yeah in himself and so he came off as a little like paranoid and unsure uh, which is interesting because comedy is such a front for you know, confidence, but usually it's to cover up insecurity, right? Mm -hmm. So to see it on display in this arena where the comedian isn't controlling the narrative always was really fascinating to me. It was, it, it really was a very complex thing. And I, and I had a, the barrier to entry at times was hard, but also it was, you get there eventually, right? Like you understand, yeah. you, you do kind of understand. Like, I don't think if I watched a regular, a proper season of big brother <laughs> that I would be like fully prepared after watching this. But I think that I would be able to hang a little bit more, you know, whenever you're like playing a board game and someone explains it to you and they're like, no, we just need to play a couple of rounds yeah, um, before you get it. Like that's where, that's where I think I would be with if I watched a proper season yeah well and celebrity big brother goes so fast it is literally like competition eviction competition i mean the regular season does not go that fast it is one person goes out a week there's three episodes a week um sometimes it can really drag the regular season what's so fascinating to me what you were talking about with tom green and big brother in general and the reason i would never do it is specifically these celebrities i want to know how they convince these people to do it because the idea as a celebrity going into a house where there are hundreds of cameras and microphones. There is no term ever turned off. I, I mean, the, the history of Big Brother is filled, filled with former alumni who said stupid shit on the feeds. And when they came out of the house, they didn't have a job. They had been canceled. They, I mean, like their lives had been turned upside down because they had said just ridiculous shit on the feeds. And these celebrities, I mean, they're much better trained than, you know, a 22 year old from some random state. But even still, you, you know, they get heated, they get emotional, they, the, there's money on the line, there's a game on the line, there's their reputations on the line, there's their egos, like, you can't have a, a celebrity and them not have some kind of ego. Like, those athletes, my God, they had egos. Um, oh. So, I just, I don't understand how they convince these people to do it, but what's also so interesting is that Celebrity Big Brother can also be very rehabilitating to an image if you're doing it right and ryan yeah. lochte is a very good example of that yep. absolutely is- was what i was thinking of because he he like was just shrouded in controversy this was right after me- the olympics yeah, right after that, that makes me think too like the ethical nature of this show as well too and and, and i mean like just tv in general right like mm-hmm. 
rehabilitating is a great word like image of people who have done like stupid things and need to face the consequences of said stupid thing um and then they win you over it's like do they deserve a second chance i don't know i'm not going to be the gatekeeper of that right but sure you know ryan i think in particular was an eye roll for me even more than like a trump administration you know like, <laughs> like um so yeah that was that was really fascinating and i think too like to kind of circle back to Dina, I think this was true for her as well. Agreed. Yeah. She, I mean, Dina's one of, I mean, her whole, you know, they give you like a, um, a sort of category of person of celebrity. Right. And like Dina was the momager. She, Mm -hmm. she is kind of infamous for being, well, of course, like Lindsay Lohan's mom, but also, putting her daughter in all of these terrible situations and never, never taking responsibility for it. Never, never taking ownership for it. Even when she would in some situations kind of do so, um, she wouldn't like, there was a, just a reference back to what I was talking about with the Lindsay on own. Um, they're documenting. So this was, that was back in like 2014 ish. So this is five big brothers, five years after that. Um, Dina is, in the process of starting to write her book. And so the person who's like ghostwriting <laughs> with her, you know, or, you know, writing, whatever you want to say, um, with Dina is interviewing Lindsay because she wants to get some, some perspective from Lindsay to help kind of shape the narrative. And she's asking Lindsay questions about when Lindsay first was in Hollywood. And Lindsay was talking about, she moved out for freaky Friday. She was, by herself essentially a teenager and she didn't have any guidance and she was like i just wanted my mom and i was doing all these things and my mom said that she would come out multiple times and she never did and she's just sitting right there with dina and dina's just like not responding it's it was really dark that was a really yeah. it was a quick moment in the series but it was really dark you know so yeah my perception of dina is just really peppered through this lens of this irresponsible mother who let her daughter get thrown to the wolves for fame and money right yeah so i i, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole too too much because i know you've already spoken about this in the Lindsay lohan season but i i was listening to one of the episodes on the way back from the beach and you really hit some like a nail on the head talking about how Lindsay landed in such an era of time where number one kid stars were coming out the yin yang and not only were they acting but they were also singing like the early 2000s was littered with specifically female teenage Mm -hmm. females who did all the above and then this press just destroyed them and i've been thinking it's ever since you brought up doing this uh, episode i've really been thinking and reflecting about this whole idea because i already have very complex or not complex i kid stars to me it's just i feel like it's really really harsh um i i can't name i probably couldn't name on one hand how many child stars i can think of that didn't turn out like fucked up um, yeah. The one that comes to mind that turned out the most normal in my head, I don't want to use the word normal, but like sane is Hillary Duff, like your girl, she really came out, you know, un- what seems like unscathed compared yeah. to the poor Lindsay's and Amanda Bynes and, yeah. you know, all the above, but also with this whole, with us just having gone through the free Britney movement, I want to know your opinion on 
what do you think is worse for these poor kid stars? Because Britney was 15, 16 when she started. Doesn't mean her dad was her manager then, but we know that her dad became her manager later and put her through years and years of awful things. What is worse, a parent being the manager of a teenage child and potentially using them as just a moneymaker or someone like these music managers who, you know, harass and sexually assault their artists or, or yeah. mo- you know, managers for models? Like, where, what's better? <laughs> Well, and and I don't want to give a non-answer, but I think it's neither. I think it's yeah. both bad because um, you have to have an incredibly stable, selfless parent to be able to allow their child to go through this experience and protect them in the way that they need to and not get caught up in the money, right? And, yeah. and the fame and everything. But is that something that can exist in this environment? Is that inherently possible? Yeah. Whenever you and have it, a child. And not in the early 2000s, certainly not. Absolutely. And, and you know, no. maybe it's one of those situations where you would rather have someone who you trust, like, close to you. But also, you might have a parent who can totally handle all of that, but they're not a good manager. And they don't help yes. you with your career. Yes. So it's like, it's a catch-22, right? You you have quite the conundrum. I think what it, I think what it comes down to is... You know, if you have a child who has this insane talent and they really, you know, can make it and they want to, I think it's a matter of like saying no if the opportunity isn't right. You know, like mm-hmm. I think where a lot of these parents get caught up, even if they're not going to be the ones managing and they're going to entrust their their child to um, a different management company or whatever, you know, whoever is representing them in whatever way. Um they get that big offer, they get that big record deal or whatever it might be. And they say yes. And they sign on the dotted line. When you read those contracts. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Like I can't, I can't even imagine. And so I really think like the only scenario in which this could potentially work is if the parents are super involved. um, And if they're not, you know, the ones who are going to be managing the career, they, explain that they have the right to say no if they feel like their child is mm-hmm. going to be exploited despite the child's wishes and despite the potential to like really that could like skyrocket their fame you know what i mean yeah so, yeah I it's it, I, and i remember and as i was going back through this and going like revisiting the dina lohan experience um <laughs> she the whole time was advertised through the whole celebrity big brother process as Lindsay Lohan's mother. And I mean, I can't imagine what that must be like for poor Lindsay, because first off, imagine getting that call as Lindsay, your mom already has a history of drawing negative attention to you that you don't want. She is now going on a reality television show where they record you 24 seven. And I mean, I don't know. There was, I'm, sh- I'm sure she talked to Lindsay before she did it. According to the interviews, the preseason interviews, Lindsay packed for her and encouraged this. But there was also an episode after Dina left Celebrity Big Brother um, with Lindsay that we can talk about later. But I just can't imagine poor Lindsay having to continuously go through this. And, you know, in terms of these, I just, I, I feel so bad for these poor kids that we grew up idolizing. I mean, I'm glad they existed because we loved them. Like I loved the Disney channel kids. I just loved them. They were everything that for like an entire decade's worth of teenagers looked up to. But now that we're older and 
we see what we've done to them, it's really heartbreaking. And another thing that I thought about going back to this Lindsay and the whole momager thing is today, Sean Mendes canceled his entire tour to talk about mental health and just say, I'm not ready. And I thought to myself, I was like, what would have happened if in the age where we were tearing these girls apart, these teenage girls apart, they could have had this, this, not the strength. I don't want to say they didn't have the strength. If society allowed them to sit out and say, Hey, I mean, I got to chill. Imagine where Brittany could be right now, what she could have not gone through had she been able to say that. Yeah. Lohan, Amanda Bynes, like the list goes on and on and on. And so as entertaining as it was when we were younger, I, it's really hard now to stomach looking and going back and revisiting how awful these, we all, society was to these poor girls. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think too, Lindsay probably did want her mom to have this experience. And I say that because despite how much her mom does like shitty things to her, Lindsay, Lindsay has had to be a parent for Mm -hmm. her younger siblings. And so I think that she supports Dina whenever Dina doesn't deserve support because she is parenting her to be honest with you. And so there's a role reversal here and I don't know, you know, I'm not going to say that's right or wrong or whatever, but I do think that's why. And I do think that I, even despite what might've happened to after, which we can talk about. um, But, you know, I think that probably beforehand, Lindsay probably genuinely supported her going on the show. Yeah. I mean, and look, like we were saying, it can good publicity. And I don't think it brought, it brought some funny publicity to the Lohan name, but it certainly did not bring like her, she wasn't canceled. You yeah, know, no, people she didn't do anything uh, no. egregious or anything at all. She was just kind of like there, <laughs> clueless, yeah. kind of like clueless in there. And, um, you know, this was also a weird time in Lindsay's career to put everything in perspective, too, because Lindsay was like on her like fourth attempt at a comeback in this yeah. era. And she was doing the beach club thing, which was a colossal failure. And we don't even need to talk about that i don't think i'm going to devote any space in the podcast to that because i just don't need to um <laughs> except we did get the iconic mykonos dance like that's what we got right. from it there, but but the aftermath of celebrity brother there is a small piece that plays into this and we yeah, will go, have for to talk it. It. We'll okay. go for okay. it okay okay so uh, so hold on we have to preface with how dina did in the show so dina yeah. ends up getting to the final four and celebrity (laughs) astounding doesn't win a damn thing not a challenge out there but she played so and this is another thing with reality tv talking about archetypes and like how so many stereotypes about all these different types of people in society come out in negative not negative but like very highlighty ways in reality tv there's always the mother character on every single show and with all due respect to them, a lot of times they do get very far, but they're not respected for their game because they don't win. And it's a really awful archetype. It's really bad in Survivor. It's been fairly bad in Big Brother. But poor Dina fell into this role. She did a great job at it. She was the house mom. But in this season, they did this very, very weird. Big Brother never works like this. But for some reason in the final four, the individual who won the challenge, which was Ricky Dale Harrington, he got to not only eliminate one person, but he got to eliminate two people and take one person to the final. So he eliminates Dina first. So she gets fourth. 
and then he eliminates uh, Lolo Jones, who is not happy about it, <laughs> in third, and he takes Tamar Braxton, and Tamar wins with the unanimous vote. Well, so after the show, um, and I did not know this until I did all this research, and so uh, this podcast brought me onto this, and it's just, uh, it's a low-hand drama at its best. So okay. after the show, Lindsay is upset that <laughs> Tina got fourth place. So she gets mad one night and tweets at oh, CBS. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay, yeah, keep going. Tamar Braxton and Anthony Scaramucci. So CBS is obviously the parent company who does Big Brother. Tamar Braxton is the winner. And Anthony Scaramucci is the person who did not spend longer than 72 hours on the entire season. So just to put like in a really quick nutshell, what she was mad about was Ricky, whenever he gave his announcement, he made the comment whenever he was eliminating Lolo and Dina, he said, I'm going to go with the person that I sleep with. Talking about Tamar Braxton. It was a terrible use of words. He really sounded awful. But what he meant was this was the person that was in my room the entire season. Like we're roommates where we bonded, like we have this bond. Well, Lindsay took it. <laughs> Ricky took Tamar because they were shacking up in the house. So she goes on this Me Too movement on Twitter and she um, comments on Ricky saying what an awful pig he is and like hashtagging Me Too. But the best one, the best one was she goes after Anthony Scaramucci, who was not even a part of this. Nothing to do with this at all. He had been gone for a month. He hadn't been around. People forgot it. He was even there. And she hashtag like what an awful person he was. Then he get kicked out of Trump's administration. And then she hashtags, you're not allowed in Greece. <laughs> So Lindsay Lohan, in all of her glory, who has this club in Mykonos, thinks that she has the authority to tell Anthony Scaramucci that he is barred from coming to Greece because she's now apparently the ruler of the country of Greece. And what I love about Lindsay, because I had to look this up today. She is a dear cancer. She is actually July 2nd and I'm July 3rd. So, yeah. and as soon as I heard that birthday, I was like, of course she's a fucking cancer. And one of the traits about cancers is we are petty as fuck. You hurt us. We're going to come back and hurt you 10 times over. This was the pettiest shit I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, go, Lindsay, go. Let them know they're not welcome in Greece. <laughs> you know then, what's hilarious? Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Then... Dina comes out and it's like, that was not my experience. I had a really good experience. So like 24 hours later, and this is less than a week after the show has ended. <laughs> Lindsay comes on and was like, it wasn't me. Someone had broken into my account. I'm yes. so sorry. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. She said the hacking thing. Of course, because that's what always happens whenever a celebrity says something stupid. They're like, I was hacked. Bullshit, uh, Lindsay. You were not hacked. No, you... girl, it, didn't help. it didn't work for Roseanne. It ain't going to work for you. So sorry. <laughs> <No>. So sorry. <laughs> and what is so even funnier is that Lindsay, like, always talks about this sort of, like, zen, peace, <laughs> light candles. I'm, you know, I'm spiritually in tune. Like, all of that crap, which is such a farce because she yeah. is spicy we'll say that <laughs> yeah yeah that's a great she's way a to put it. spicy person and whenever she like whenever she's like oh yeah she's like meditation is like so sacred to me like i have to do it every single day i'm like sis i think that you should probably go a little longer 
Yeah, maybe bump it up 30 minutes. You know, I... She, I, I, I certainly try not to cast judgment on any of these poor people because I have, I, I've never walked a mile in their shoes. I'm thoroughly entertained, as you can tell. I just, you know, had a hernia laughing about Lindsay <laughs> tweeting at CBS. Oh, she also tweeted at CBS and hashtag gonna spill all your secrets. And I can just imagine Les Moonbez with Julie Chen, his wife, and just being like. Who is this bitch that you let on your show? Because the only reason that show's going is because it's Julie Chen's project, and we we know that this tea behind Les Moonves and Julie yeah, Chen. I was say it's not like there's any more <laughs> that needs to be spilled about Les. No, <laughs> that Lindsay, like Lindsay, what are you going to do at this point? You want to hashtag a Me Too moment? Yeah, yeah. Oh God, it's just so good. And Dina, you know, she, I, I love that she was on the show. I love that she was just lost as a goose the entire time. <laughs> um, okay, wait, uh, we have to go back because there's we cannot skip over the fiance. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, <laughs> like, the crown jewel of Dina Lohan's experience on Celebrity Big Brother. This moment is hilarious. Okay, you're going to do a better job of explaining it than me, but this is something that I knew about before I even watched this. Okay, I did not. I did not know about this. So Dina Lohan is speaking with, oh goodness, I believe it is Tamar Braxton and Candy. And they're in, so Big Brother, it's a, it's a studio essentially in Los Angeles, but they've converted into this large house and there's yeah. rooms all over the place. So there's all these little rooms that you can go like, it's like a nook and cranny that you can go have conversations in, but of course 900 microphones picking up everything you say. So she's in there speaking to Candy and uh, Tamar Braxton, who are just, cannot hide what they're thinking on their face. God love them. And she is telling them that she has been in a relationship or kind of in a relationship for five years. And she's never met this man, nor has she FaceTimed him. And she proceeds to go on and say, I would love to get engaged. <laughs> And Tamar Braxton is looking at her and is like, bitch, you're being catfished. Yeah, How yeah. do you not know your name is Dina Lohan? How do you not know that you're not being catfished? And Candy is just like her jaws on the floor. And they're like, wait, you haven't even FaceTimed him five years. And then it continues after she gets out of the house. Like they're interviewing her about it on ET Canada. And she's like, yeah, well, I'm so excited to talk to him and tell him about the experience. And even in the preseason interviews, they were like, all right, because God, Big Brother loves showmances. Celebrity Big Brother doesn't do it as much, but Big Brother proper pumps it full of 20-somethings. And it is just MTV Spring Break Hormones. all over again. Yes. yes, absolutely. Yes. And so they asked Dina Lohan in the preseason, well, are you going to do a showmance, Dina? And she says, well, I'm in a, kind of in a relationship. And that's just not really my thing at this day, time in my life. Oh my god. Uh, Who's she gonna shack up with? Tom? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, what Kato Dina, and jo- <laughs> <laughs> Dina and Joey Lawrence have the romance of the scandal. Oh my oh god. god. Um so I do wanna talk about uh the mom role of Dina though, because now mm-hmm. that you like say that about how she's fitting that archetype. Mm-hmm. I think she's just wanting to prove that she can be an actual mom. You know what I mean? Like she's known as the momager. Um, and then she falls into this role of being a mom. And it's just like, that's the rehabilitation of her image as a good mother. Right. 
Yes. And what's so interesting that you bring that up is uh, while I was reading her bio and watching her preseason interviews, all she talked about was being a mom and how important being a mom was to her and how much she loved her kids. Um, One of the best parts about her bio, I went and read her bio and it was like, if you could bring one thing into the house, what would it be? And of course, a lot of people are like, oh, my Bible, um, an iPod, something like that. Dina Lohan, I want my phone so I can read my emails. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because the momager never stops. And then on occupation, she literally puts that her occupation is momager. Yeah. I mean, and so I 100% agree with you. I, do, I don't think Dina Lohan ever went into Celebrity Big Brother to try to win the show, certainly. I don't even think she knew what show she was on half the time. But <laughs> what I do think she went in there to do, and I think she actually did a damn good job of it, is softening up the Lohan name and stabilizing it a little bit and definitely rehabilitating her image as a mom. And yeah. not because when I saw her on the cast, I thought, why? I had really, you know, preconceived notions about who she was because I had heard awful things all growing up about what she did to poor Lindsay. And yeah. so I thought, oh God, why are you letting her on here? But she for that stint, I'm not, you know, talking about anything else she's done in life. But for the Celebrity Big Brother stint, like, she did well for her image. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, so taking a step aside from Mm -hmm. Big Brother and just to talk about Lilo herself, I have a couple of Lindsay questions for you. Okay. Um, One, so Lindsay, and I talked about this in another episode, about how Lindsay tried to do, like, the adult contemporary slash, like, Avril Lavigne route as opposed Mm -hmm. to, like, the the Britney route with her music. Now, but to but to talk about her like Britney moment, you know what I mean? Um, you are a dancer. And so for mm-hmm. everyone listening, Cameron is a choreographer and dancer and has been dancing for a very long time. We'll say that. I won't date you. Um, <laughs> has been dancing and choreographing and coaching for a very long time. Okay. And you're you're in your like retirement era right now, which uh, is bliss, I know. Um, yeah. But that was such a huge part for you. Um, mm-hmm. I want to talk about Lindsay Lohan's knees. <laughs> her knees yeah because (laughs) okay this girl is the most aggressive dancer i've ever seen in my entire life okay so a couple of examples obviously the rumors music video okay Mm -hmm. and we have the the dance break and she's on the rooftop okay so she does a little bit of like choreography the rumor (laughs) about rumors that i've heard is that they had to cut that dance scene like heavily and like film small snippets of it because she just like couldn't get the choreo down um lol sad but also lol um but there's this one moment where she drops it down so aggressively that i feel like her knees should have burst out of her legs um Mm -hmm. what are your like did you love that music video growing up or like you know what was your relationship to Lindsay's like music if you had one yeah um no i certainly had a relationship to her music and dancing to her music um i like every young gay boy in the 90s and 2000s was introduced to Lindsay via Parent Trap and was also introduced. Lindsay was, I will always give her this credit, was I I for years thought Lindsay Lohan was a twin and they just kept putting one out in public. I was baffled when I found out there was only one of her. We'd watched (laughs) a movie with her side by side because again, we did not have that technology back in our day. So it was mind boggling years later whenever I discovered there's only one of these Lindsay Lohan. But, you know, fast forward, she does uh, she does Parent Trap, then she does Freaky Friday. And I think 
it is around the Freaky Friday era is when her music is coming out. And yeah, a little bit after that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so she, along with many others at the time, was doing the crossovers. And I, I remember when she first came out, I was thinking like, God, not another crossover. Like, can we please chill out? Not all these people can do both. And then I heard it. And I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. And what's so interesting is that, so again, I listened, I was listening to your podcast whenever I was coming home from the beach. And so I went back and listened to the songs of Lindsay's I had in my phone and over came on. And oh, when yeah. I tell you, I forget how fun that song or yeah, how fun it is to belt that song. Mm-hmm. But to talk about dance, um, I was never able to choreograph to a, any really Lindsay Lohan song, unfortunately, because a lot of her music brings out the inner slutty side in me. <laughs> well, just, yeah, like I can't you know, dance like oh, like wholesomely to rumors. Yeah. Yeah, like you want to thrash your body. You want to th- toss yourself around. Yeah. And so I could not do that with 14-year-old <laughs> girls. Um, so I always steered clear of Lindsay Lohan. But what was so interesting was whenever I was coaching, um, so I coached from 2017 to 2022. And whenever I was coaching, we would stretch. And keep in mind, these girls, they're Gen Zs. They're all, I would always ask, like, what year were you born? A lot of them were not alive for 9-11, which just baffles me. But we would stretch to, like, Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and Britney Spears. And one day we stretched to Lindsay Lohan. And they, of course, know who Lindsay Lohan is, but they had no idea that she had ever had a music career. And they're like, she sang. And I said, yeah, and she did it damn well. Like, damn that well. Yeah. wild to me. Yeah, um, I know. You missed out I on some a, gold there. <laughs> I have a quick rumor story for you. Okay. I have so many stories about this song. Okay. So I, do you remember when I was working for the university and I was traveling and like recruiting and doing admissions? Yes. Um, this was right after grad school. I was living in Tulsa. Okay. So I, um. I was finally like old enough to like go to the clubs and I was like out and going to gay bars and stuff like that, you know? And I had this like notion in my mind that gay bars were going to play like really good early two thousands music and like appease millennials. And they often don't. It's pretty sad. No, Um, it's awful. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so I remember I was in Minneapolis of all places and (sighs) I I was me too. Great city. Beautiful city. Um, I was there and there were a couple of friends that I had from grad school who were both there for work, um, like who had moved there for a job. Mm-hmm. And so we were hanging out and they're a few years younger than me. Um, and I was explaining to them about Lindsay's like music career because they didn't know anything about it. And so I was like, I mean, her like boppiest gay bop is rumors. And mm-hmm. they were like, I've never heard it. And I was like, oh. So I have the <laughs> hold, hold, please. I said, hold on. So I have the Uber driver play rumors as we're going to this gay bar. Okay. And um, so we're like dancing to it in the car, this Uber driver. And um, I, I remember telling them, like explaining to them that like, I'm never going to hear this song out like ever. It's never a song that like a gay bar is going to play. I'm never going to get that experience. I'm too young. I missed out. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm like having fun, like introducing them to the song, but also I'm really sad about that moment. 
so we're at the bar and we're sitting at um, like at the bar stools. This bar in uh, Minneapolis, if, if anybody listens to this podcast and you're in Minneapolis, all 12 of you, um, you know, <laughs> Saloon is a gay bar and it's really fun. And um, there's like men who will be like taking showers. They're just like butt naked and they're like taking a shower in this like big apparatus in the middle of the club. It's, it's really a spectacle. So um, <laughs> that's, that's in one area of the club, but it has several different rooms. And then there's this like little kind of like long sidebar and um, apart from the dance floor where the shower is. So we're sitting at the sidebar because it was still kind of early and uh, I'm sitting with those two friends and um, shout out to Yamini and Bunty. And so we're just kind of like talking. And then all of a sudden they play fucking rumors. I'm not uh. joking. I'm not joking. I'd had that whole conversation. It was so serendipitous. And you know what I did? I did stood well. <laughs> oh, I stood on top of the bar stool. It's like there are lights on, Cameron. Like it's early. I stood uh, on top of the bar early. stool. It's early. And I went, ah! and I just screamed on the top of my lungs. And all of these men just like turn around and look at me, like, get this banshee out of here. This drunk bitch. <laughs> And I'm like wailing like a siren and, you know, calling my man home. But um, they fucking played it. And it was everything to me. I've never heard a Lindsay Lohan song in a gay bar now that you bring that up. And if I have, I was blackout. Um, (laughs) Which is very possible or on or on something. Also very possible. (laughs) Um, But which so you were talking about Uber. I... I haven't been in an Uber in a hot second, um, but I love old stories. I feel like I feel like Uber's about to, like in a weird way about to be one of those things like Vine, like we talk about, and it's still there, but like people don't really do it. But I have such fond memories with Uber, um, and I l- used to love making Uber drivers play music. I thought it was so fun. Yeah. Whenever yeah. Um, Adele's "Hello" came out, I was in Atlanta. And I may or may not have done uh, Molly one night <laughs> and rode home from the gay bar to the hotel, which was like 25 minutes away because Atlanta is the largest city you've yes. ever driven in. Sprawling. Ever, ever, ever. Yeah. Sprawling. Mm-hmm. I made that Uber driver play hello over and over and over again. And my ass being just high as a kite, sang it, sang those notes in the ear of the Uber driver on repeat. I swear it played like 15 times. <laughs> oh my god did you tip i hope you tipped well oh yeah yeah and it yes i got and then i got back and took a really great bubble bath but <laughs> to the hotel and the bubble bath was great and but yes i remember i did tip because after i like kind of came down i was in the bubble bath with one of my coworkers because it was a work trip <laughs> so we were in the bubble bath Coming down from the gay bar in Molly. <laughs> and I was like, I just sang a hello by Adele a million times to that Uber driver, didn't I? And she was like, yes, and not well. <laughs> uh, yeah, good times. Shit. Good times. Oh, gosh. Well, I miss, Cameron. I miss my 20s. <laughs> yeah. This has been a delight. I'm really glad that you're able to come on here. One, because of your expertise, you provided so much more context and helpful information and tea about (laughs) the whole experience. And so I really appreciate you for that. And also just obviously appreciate you as a human and for your friendship. Thank you. Likewise. Um, Likewise. So 
I always ask people, um, do you have social media that you would like to plug? Where can people find you if they loved hearing you and want to just get connected with you? Uh, well, you know, I, I really am one of the worst social media people because I don't have many, many platforms. That's okay. Um, I am on Facebook and Instagram. So probably go to Instagram, even though it is just dying a, a, a very fast burning Dead. death. Yeah. It's awful. It's awful. So I don't, I understand if you're not there anymore, but if you are still in the graveyard, <laughs> Um, you can find me at at Cameron Wade K. I think that's it. Yeah, C A M E R O N W A D E K. Yes, yeah. and I'll ta- I'll tag you and everything too. Thank so you. And um, also, before we do go, I want to tell you happiest of birthdays. Everybody oh should God. know it's your birthday, and they should tell you happy birthday. And I hope you have a great one. I'm going to text you, obviously. But I was today. I was going through my phone because I knew I was talking to you, and I was like. Fuck, I hope I know his birthday's this week, but I hope it's not today. And I was like, I know it's in my calendar. But yeah, I want to go ahead and tell you happy, happy. Thank you. I am notoriously bad at remembering people's birthdays. I have forgotten very important birthdays throughout my life. So it means a lot that you thought about me. Thank you. Yes, of course. I have I try to put all my important friends uh, birthdays in my phone because you can't rely on Facebook anymore because everybody intelligently is abandoning shit. Yeah. yeah. You know. Well, thank you so much. The big yes. three one for me uh, coming up soon. Um, but anyway, okay, Cameron. Well, I love you. And I love you. This I'll was so you fun. It comes out. Thank you so much. And yes, we will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.